Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we have a great show for you. We have Cassie Joy coming on. She's done some great things in the past, and she's definitely going to do some great things in the future. So, Cassie, are you here? I'm here. And Sandy, are you here? I forgot to ask that while ago. Oh, oh yes, yes, I'm on here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I always like to start the same since we're in this whole virus stuff. How are you doing in the middle of this? You know, we're surviving. Um, we're making the best of it. Um, we've definitely taken quite a monster mental uh, hit with, you know, just losing gigs left and right. Most of our, mm-hmm. well, pretty much all of our summer was wiped out. And we actually, just before all of this happened, um, we bought a tour bus because we're on the road so much. My husband and I are just playing games. And so right when we're starting to get comfortable with this new lifestyle, boom, the world kind of shuts down. And we're like, wow, the irony and just have bought a tour bus. (laughs) So just trying to figure out how to transition to just pretty much online live music, Mm -hmm. you know, on there Mm -hmm. and, and making more merch and selling that and just kind of bringing up my online presence because that's about as far as we can get right now. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think a lot of this, even though we don't want this to happen, it's making artists kind of think of outside the box now. And so when we mm-hmm. do have concerts mm-hmm. probably next year again, um, that they'll still have these ideals. They'll go with the touring too. Yeah, exactly. It's It's definitely, I think, made everybody – Get creative and, you know, figure out, like, you know, do you have what it takes mm-hmm. to just figure this, you know, <laughs> weird path mm-hmm. out that nobody's done before? And it's been mm-hmm. really cool just to see musicians everywhere, like, figuring new stuff out and just getting really creative with ways to still be out there, but in your house. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> like when we first launched this. We launched this show January 3rd of this year. And our, mm-hmm. our original plan was maybe 80 to maybe top 100 interviews first year. I mean, and that's mm-hmm. doing pretty good, um, yeah. 80 to 100 interviews first year. Mm-hmm. And when the shutdown happened, I was like, you know what? Artists are going to need to talk. This is our time to shine. We'll probably have artists that we normally wouldn't get as a new show. And because of us stepping it up, you are now our 157th interview. Yeah, I think um, forces and companies like this, you know, the virus has been not not good, obviously, yeah. but you know, has has yeah. kind of you know been a, a good outlet for people, um, you know, to talk about stuff. So you oh, just got to take the, you, you just got to take a, something bad and turn it good, and that's what we've tried to do. Exactly, you got to find the bright yes. side. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. as we get started here and we dig deep a little bit. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, just kind of a brief overview of you. So people, because we like to get to know the artist, not just the, we like to get to know the person, not just the artist. Yeah. All right. So here's my elevator pitch. <laughs> um, <so I> started <laughs> <singing>. <laughs> I'm from Smithville, Missouri, um, and which is right outside of Kansas City, Missouri. And I started singing when I was five at a talent show in Smithville. And then oh, wow. when I was 10, 
I got picked up by a country music or a country opry circuit um, in the Midwest, um, some booking guy there, and started uh, kind of touring the Midwest with my parents, um, singing in opry shows. And then when I was 14, oh, wow. I got signed by Radio Disney in a pop girl group, <laughs> headset and all. And so I was singing with Radio Disney for a few years and then moved to the School of Rock um, and started singing rock music when I was like 16. And I did that until I was about 22 and went back to country music. And uh, the rest is kind of history. Oh, and then um, the voice stuff happened. (laughs) That is really awesome. I love the story. Yeah. Kind of been all over um, the place. (laughs) (laughs) So um, as we, I like to always talk about the light things too. So what are some hobbies you'd like to do? Um, Outside of music. Pretty much music is like, it's, it's my job, my love, my hobby, everything. So I'm pretty much always doing something music related, but um, I love to just, I love anything with water, any lake days, boating, skiing, wakeboarding, all that stuff. Um, Hanging out with my family. I'm pretty much, and if I can, and I'm obsessed with my dog, so we're always together. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, usually something with with music too. <laughs> you know, let let's dig yeah. in a little bit. Um, what's something quirky about you? Oh gosh, um, I think pretty much everything is kind of quirky about me. Um, gosh, um, I guess. I'm a, um, I don't know. I think quirky is just kind of a word that is usually associated with me in general. Um, but I guess people think it's pretty quirky that I yodel. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been something I've been trying to bring back, and I think my fans think it's pretty funny to do. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that well, you, you're going to have to do it now since you said it. <laughs> oh, right now? Yeah, right now. Put oh, okay. I'll put her on the spot. Um, okay. Um, wow, that is awesome. Love it. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> so, I'm not, so, I'm not warmed up. So, give me some time. Uh, we understand. Throw some auto-tune on there. <laughs> so, uh, as we um. What age did you know, not necessarily know you wanted to do music, but at what age did you know I could make a career out of this? Because, of course, those are usually two different ages. Probably around when I was 10. Um, my mom had been showing me, like, Tanya Tucker and Leanne Rhymes and Brenda Lee, you know, all of these uh, female mm-hmm. country singers made it big when they were very, very young. And I had been starting to really take it seriously performing-wise and touring when I was 10. So that was when I was like, okay, I'm going to make it by the time I'm 13. And of course there's still time. (laughs) Oh yes. Yep. (laughs) I mean, to me, if if you're chasing that dream and you're running hard, you've already made it. Whether you, whether you're at the top or not really doesn't matter because the journey is what matters. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're doing something you love, you know, it's, you'll never work a day in your life. And I certainly feel that. <clears throat> so as um, 
what are some who are some of your influences as you were growing up and who are some now and have they changed some um yeah i think they they've definitely changed but also you know stayed the same i'm um like i said uh leanne rhymes brenda lee tanya tucker um Reba, the Judds, um, all of the oldies, Patsy Cline, I used to sing it. Well, I still do sing a ton of Patsy Cline. Um, so yeah, all of the the mm-hmm. old classics, that's what I was brought up on. Um, but now, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I obviously still listen to that stuff, and it's, it's in my, my sets every show. But I'm very influenced by a lot of the newer stuff as well. Um, I mean, I listen to some hip-hop. I listen to the new country. I'm really into the new Taylor Swift album, Folklore. That's been on absolute repeat. Like, I can't even think of anything else right now. (laughs) So I try to stay, like, kind of all over the place just so, you know, my musical brain doesn't get pigeonholed in any area. So (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we heard the the new the song "Exile" and loved that one. That was awesome. Oh, oh yes, we heard that yesterday. It's really, so awesome. that, you know, the best on the album. It, it, it was like yeah. hearing it from the guy's point of view and the girl's point of view, and you're like, and you're like, man, that is exactly what happens there. Exactly. <laughs> I was just telling my husband yesterday, like, I feel so bad for any heartbroken people who are listening to this song. Like, it's so real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things I always like to do is um a lot of you know, a lot of hosts they talk about the highs and all that. But you know, nobody goes the other way. Nobody talks about, you know, uh, the fans they they see the glory behind like a Blake and the Miranda and all that, but they don't see the grind that it takes to get there. They don't see the sacrifices. They don't see what it really takes. They don't understand. So you have people that will say, well, um, artists just need to get real jobs and they just don't, they don't get it. So I always like to bring out that side of it, the struggles, the sacrifices, all that on our show, because I want people to hear the rawness of what it really takes when you're chasing this crazy dream. So I'm going to tell a story that helped guide us into that point. And um, up oh, her line went off, I think. Pause here. <laughs> Hopefully she can call back in. Oh, there she Let me put her live again. We lost you for a second. <laughs> But I'm gonna tell a quick story to help guide us. <laughs> well, tell a quick story to help guide us into where we're going about the sacrifice side. Back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full time with music. And I asked one of, one of the questions I asked with Allison was, "What advice would she give an up and coming artist?" And she said, "If your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music." then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, when you want it to be a career, and yes, it's still your passion, but now it becomes your job. She goes, you, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have rough days. You're going to have ugly days. But you still got to get on that stage that night and enjoy it, even if you're not enjoying it. She goes, you, you're going to sacrifice holidays, weekends, when all your friends and family won't understand. They want you there, and they don't understand. I've got gigs. This is when, this is when I'm making the most money. She says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that. I mean, then go all in because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. I mean, that's the nail on the head. I think um, 
So I always, you know, wanted to have a backup plan in case, like, you know, something falls out of the sky and hits my throat and I can't sing anymore or something. Um, So I Mm -hmm. I have a degree in early childhood education um, just Mm -hmm. in case I need to teach. And anytime I think about that, like that maybe someday I would have to do that, it just makes my stomach turn. Like I can't imagine doing anything but music. And so, you know, especially with this pandemic Mm -hmm. going on, that really showed me like whatever, you just have to make this work. However, that path might look you just have to figure it out and so that's you know what we've been doing but yeah there have definitely been lots of sacrifices and struggles um i i had to move to nashville right after my husband and i had bought our first home together in kansas city and so i had to move to nashville 600 miles away and i did that for about two years and Mm -hmm. then the voice thing happened and he had come out to nashville finally able to quit his job and work full-time with me and Mm -hmm. right when he got out to Nashville I got the call to be on The Voice and I had to go out to LA for almost nine months so we've we've had a lot of you know just kind of chasing each other around the country uh, throughout this journey. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is my wife and I have been married 17 years and we've been a 24-7 couple the whole time. (laughs) Yes. And here it is we're doing a show together now. That's right. Yeah, that's how Brian and I pretty much are. We spend 24-7 together, so quarantine wasn't really anything different in our book. <laughs> uh, same yeah, for us here. So. Yeah, it's funny because we, we always joked about that when when all this shutdown happened. You know, I've, we've had mm-hmm. a lot of friends through the years say, oh, we're so unhealthy. You know, you need to be apart from each other some. You know, you're doing it. You're doing marriage wrong. I mean, we we've heard it all, and – all the, and, and, and of course, we homeschool our, our eight-year-old. You're, you know, he shouldn't do that. He needs to be around people. And then all of a sudden, you got, uh, this happens. And, and we, we kind of look at each <laughs> other says, you know what? Everybody said we need to um, cater to the world and become like the world. And all of a sudden, the world is becoming how we live. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys were just in quarantine training all that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were prepared. <laughs> it's just been—it's just been crazy. It has, you know, yeah, and, it's definitely made everybody just think outside of the box, inside your box. <laughs> <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yep. So um, now that we talked about some of the sacrifices, I like to go the other way with it. Um, what are some moments where you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that. And I know you named a few earlier, but, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Because, again, spices have to eventually be worth it. And I know for you they have been. So let's talk about those. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the sacrifices wouldn't really be worth it if you didn't ever get, you know, a payoff. And I've certainly had a ton of yeah. payoffs that you know, anytime things get really dark, I'm like, oh, but remember that time you got to do that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, singing the national anthem at the Chiefs game, uh, go Chiefs, that was incredible. And um, every uh, Thanksgiving, I have been the last three years gotten to perform at the Kansas City Plaza lighting ceremony, which is when mm-hmm. we turn on the holiday lights on the plaza. And there's about 170,000 people live there, and it's on um, 
broadcast on the news and that is just mm-hmm. the best show ever it's choreographed and I mean I tell people it's like more special to me than my birthday every year um mm. so that's definitely wow. a, a big one and of course like the when I got the four chairs on the voice I still think back wow. to that moment and can't even feel like in my body in that moment it just still seems what was the moment like when you walked on dream. stage before you before you even sang your first note Tell us that moment. Oh, man. I was, I can't, I mean, I know I was, I was nervous as all get out. And I remember the, the like doctor that talks to us way before about like all these like calming techniques. He says, if your heart rate is pounding, the only way that you can slow it down is to slow your breathing dramatically. So I do (laughs) know that I was like just trying to like breathe so slow and of course, not trip up the stairs or slide in my heels. And but as you walk up the stairs, before you turn to face the judges, your family mm-hmm. is right in front of you. Y'all then wave at my parents uh, right before I walked on mm-hmm. stage, and it was a pretty special moment. That's really cool. Um, I love mm-hmm. all that. And usually at this point is when we play a song. But like I said, because we thought you were coming on next Wednesday, we don't have a song, so. Do you want to perform anything real quick? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, if people, I mean, treacherous right now. I did a Facebook Live last night, and then I was kind of singing this morning. But if you want to, um, or I guess I'm here, so I can tell people if they want to go uh, check out my newest single, Poor Angel. Um, and I just put out the music video that um, since we were in quarantine, my husband, Brian, uh, shot it all himself, and I did the editing for it, and it's on cmt.com right now. People want to go and check it out. Yeah, that's all. And I'm going to take a real quick one-minute commercial break, and then we'll come back and talk okay. some more about music. How's that sound? Yes. Sounds good. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com. Give me back on the 
down Yeah, I'll give the devil his due But it's a fine line When everyone turns their back on you They say I'm needing a little healing I'm on my knees, I'm not just talking to the ceiling Before I fall apart, I get this feeling Some poor angels on my shoulder holding it down Calling a hell, Mary trying to get me back on the holy ground I'm hell-bent on hanging my Thing I like to do on our show is um, 
is bring out the team. Um, as you know, that you know, fans see the artists. They don't really see the PR companies. They don't see you know anybody around the artists. But it takes a team to help artists be who they are. So if you want to take a few minutes, talk about the team that helps you be who you are. Yeah. Um, well, so my team is very small. It's actually just my husband, Brian, who does all of my booking. He drives the bus. He does all of the photography and videography. And then my mom uh, runs um, all of my merch. She's always running the merch table at my shows. Uh, she helps sometimes with the booking if she can. And um, she also handles all my shipping, and she's been helping me make um, my face masks and mugs and water bottles that I've been selling on my store. Um, and then my dad runs uh, sound for me at my shows. And Brian uh, also helps with sound, too. So it's a, it's a small team, but it's a little – it's a family team, and we keep it all in-house. That is awesome. So tell us uh... – a husband story where he went, and of course I know he goes above and beyond all the time, but a moment where he went above and beyond and you're like, wow, he gets, this is my passion. Yeah. I mean, there's, there have been a lot of moments um, where that is definitely true. Uh, and he worked for, he had a great job with benefits and stability and knowing his schedule every day and a corporate America desk job and he dropped everything to chase this unicorn dream that I had of, you know, being in Nashville. And so that was, you know, the first really big moment where, you know, I think he was like, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do it all the way. Um, and then another time uh, we got to a show and the, um, the venue didn't know that I needed a sound system because I was playing acoustic and mm-hmm. which, you know, still mm-hmm. means I need it speakers and a microphone um and so brian dropped everything ran to guitar center rented all this equipment set it all up and ran sound and we only started like three minutes after my show time so you know he's always wow. ready to go above and beyond and driving a 45 foot bus and he had never done that before mm-hmm. oh, poor brian. <laughs> oh wow you know we're a family affair show too and we always like the, you know, we kind of have a third co-host or a little eight-year-old. We do. Um, so we always let him yeah. come on and mm-hmm. ask one question to each artist. And so Aww. Sandy's going to get him on. And we got a 17-month-old daughter. When she gets older, older we'll drop her in, too. <laughs> yeah, cute. <laughs> All right, here's Christopher with his question. How okay, hi, Christopher. My favorite food, oh, probably Chipotle or any Mexican mm. food that is very, very spicy. Mm. That sounds good. And what's mm-hmm. your food? I could eat Mexican food every pizza. day. Oh, you like pizza? What kind? Uh, pepperoni. Mm, and sausage. I like pepperoni. Oh, and sausage. I like pepperoni with green olives on it and ranch dressing. There, maybe that's what's important about me. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. He comes and goes. (laughs) But he loves that and all that. Oh, he loves to be a part of it so much. He's not been in every show, but he's been in probably 95% of them. Well, good. Get him started early. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Take a day off. (laughs) Yes. 
so what is a song out there that you've heard? And there's probably a bunch, but something that just pops in your mind when I ask this that you've heard that you're like, I wish I wrote that. Oh, man, yeah, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> gosh, so many on that new Taylor album. I really can't even, <laughs> like, sing any other songs right now but that album. But so many of those lyrics, I'm like, who thinks of that? It's just so creative. <laughs> Um, but yeah. another one, um, yeah. probably Hide and Seek by Image and Heap, and it's an all a cappella song. Oh, and, I mean, I've been obsessed with that song since it came out. I did a whole project on it um, in high school comparing that song mm. to the perks of being a wallflower. Like, I've just, I'm really into, you know, really off-the-wall lyrics and stuff. So that would probably be one for sure. Yeah. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Um, God, is it so lame if I say Taylor Swift? No, we love <laughs> um, that. That's, I'm, she I'm is going awesome. through an obsession, guys. <laughs> no, I, just, I think that would be so cool. Or I would um, – I, I, I should probably say a country artist as well, but – I would love to write with Billie Eilish and um, her brother Phineas. I think they're just them two writing together and producing it in her bedroom is just so like, sounds like me so much. So I would love to write with them too. That would yeah. be really awesome. So what is mm-hmm. your songwriting process? Like, I mean, what do you do first, the lyrics, the thing, or is it just your mood? I mean, what is your process when you sit down and think about it? Um, yeah, it just, it depends. It's sometimes, if I learn a new, um, like, cool chord or, like, a finger-picking pattern, I'll start messing with that and then just kind of start humming along and kind mm-hmm. of mumbling and words that pop out, then that'll kind of give me, you know, a path to go on. But sometimes it's I'm messing around with a drum beat on my computer, and I'm like, ooh, that's a cool rhythm. And so I'll start just kind of making a rhythmic something with words. Um, and then other times I'll be – at a restaurant or something and something will pop in my head. And I'm like, hang on, I got to make a voice memo real quick. And so I'll just sing something and find it on guitar when I get a chance. <laughs> yeah. So what are um, some, you know, as a song, singer songwriter and up and coming, you probably have a lot of friends that are doing what you do that you love. So who are a few artists that people should know about? Oh, I've got lots of good um, artist friends. <laughs> Um, one of my bestest friends ever, Grace Maher, she is also, she's from Kansas, on the Kansas side of Kansas City, but I won't hold that against her. Um, but mm-hmm. she's awesome, and we were, uh, we both moved to Nashville and lived together, um, and we had never met before, but we knew that we were both from the area, and I was like, well, I'll live with you, fine, and we ended up being just best friends. Um, and then um, Emily Kate is another great country artist, um, and she is now Grace's roommate, so we're all really close. And then um, Vince Alton and Bo Morgan, that's who I wrote uh, Poor Angel with, um, and they're good friends of ours as well. Oh, well. Gosh, I'm probably forgetting is... so many. Oh, Sarah Martin, definitely <laughs> check her out. She's amazing. She's from Massachusetts. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um i to ask a question of a certain purpose for the way I ask this, and then I'll explain why right after. But if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, 
where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it that way, I always like the artists to kind of open their minds up a little bit because this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini. And that was before everybody knew who she was. Oh, yeah. And the answer she gave us was almost to the T of where, how she's living right now. So if all bets were off, where, where do you want to be in five years? Five years. Well, I would love to have a number one song on the radio. I would love to be on a stadium tour, either opening or headlining. Um, gosh, just touring constantly, radio play, um, and a house. With the bus there, putting it in the universe. (laughs) I want a house with land that I can park the bus at in Nashville. There you go, universe. (laughs) And and since we're talking about five years, what do you want to say? What would you say to your future self if you could meet her? You know, everybody always asks, what would you say to your past? I like to go the other way. What would you say to your future self? Um, probably, I hope that you're not taking any of this for granted. And I hope that, I mean, I think that's the main thing and just stay Mm -hmm. grounded and come home for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Now, because it takes so much drive to make all this work, what drives you? I think the thrill of being on stage and just having all the lights and the production and when everything comes together perfectly and, you know, just that mm-hmm. high that I feel when I'm up there is yeah. is always what I'm chasing is how do I get to the next level of that high? Because right now, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like the highest I've been on stage was the voice. And so now yeah. – I'm I'm chasing that, but once I get there, I know I'm going to want the next one. So mm-hmm. um, it's just always always chasing that feeling that you know there's so much that goes into making that path you know move forward. So I guess I that's probably that. what drives me. Let's say you had a friend, could, um, and you heard him or her sing, and there was something special about it. Now this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And let's say that they've played maybe 30 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet with how many shows they've played, but they've gotten on stage. They've got what every artist says, that stage bug. They've looked over the crowd. The crowd's roaring, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Cassie, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Um, I would say that the main thing is – get stuff online because there's such in, and this is even pre COVID, um, but there is such a gigantic audience on there. You know, if you're posting a picture and it gets a thousand likes or a video and it gets a thousand views, how often are you going to play in a room that has a thousand people when you're just starting out? So just people taking advantage of that is so, so huge and getting YouTube videos out and then eventually getting a song you know, on Spotify, and it doesn't have to be at, you know, Ocean Way, National mm-hmm. be, you know, just something stripped down, acoustic vocal, but just start getting stuff out there so that people have a place to go when they find out that they like your music, you know. 
So as we end this here, um, what is um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh man, someone just asked me this, and I can't remember what I even. <laughs> well, oh, the, now as I do. far as I know, uh, we're the first people to really ask that. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, now you're the second for me, and I'm still caught off guard. Because <laughs> um, we've been asking that question, I guess, for a year or six months now. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess um, a lot of people just tend to think that I got my start on The Voice and mm-hmm. that that's, like, what, you know, made it all happen for me and everything. And so I do like people – ask and I wish they did ask more about like what was happening before the voice yeah. and you know or you just pop out of nowhere and you know and you so, see we did I've ask you about your life so you're already there <laughs> <laughs> so as we end this here tell everybody how they can reach out to you um yeah find me on my website cassiejoy.com that's where you can see all my videos my show dates if there are any thanks covid um and my online store i've got um got joy face masks that i make myself in the bus i was just making them this morning and i've got personalized uh signed uh coffee mugs as well and t-shirts and cds and you can find me on spotify and facebook Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Cassie Joy Music. It felt like casino without the no and out of joy. We <laughs> love that. And we look forward yes. to, you know, definitely have, you know, having you back on the show. We enjoyed our time with you today. You know, and we look forward yes, to watching your career go, grow too. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on and for such a great interview. Well, we appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate it. your and, time.